the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Money, 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 investing in more, trying to get you to retirement. We looked like we were on track for that up until about mid-February. And then things started getting a little hairy on Wall Street. And last week of February was brutal as far as volume and as far as big, fat numbers, but not percentages. Market started to correct. We hit a correction. Not a bear market. Not a market that goes to zero, but a correction. I'm trying to come up with a parallel on, on, I want this to be teachable. And one of the things that I think is teachable, although it's not perfect as far as analogies go, is as we are melting up, I would say things on air like, why are we melting up? I don't get this. We're not, this isn't healthy to always go up, to buy on the dip and always go up and buy on the dip and always go up and buy on the dip and always go up. And sometimes when you least expect it, Wall Street pulls the rug out from underneath you. And they're like, ha, 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 all of you that were up 30% in the last 14 months, screw you. And everything goes down. And you're like, but I thought if I bought on the dip, it would go back up. Wall Street is a business that makes money when you buy and when you sell. It's just like real estate agents. They don't care. They may say things like, I want to get your family in the perfect house because you're such the perfect family and you're going to really enjoy this community. But in the following year, if you say, yeah, 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 I got a divorce. Things are falling apart. My kids hate me. They hate their new uh, stepwife. She keeps giving them breadcrumbs and tells them to go for walks. Well, that's when you find out, you know, kind of the shocking ramifications of how Wall Street truly works. It works on whether you buy or sell. And that's not totally 100% true because we made it free for people to buy in the last 15 months. Probably the last five years is the right way of saying it. But the effects went into a play in the last 15 months. Apps like Robinhood, where you can buy stock in the middle of the day at lunch. You and I can be going out to lunch and be all flirty with each other like, Oh, life is so good. Living in San Francisco is awesome. I can't wait for the spring. The springs in San Francisco are the best. Uh, do you have a boat? I don't have a boat. Do you want to go out on a boat? So we get all flirty and all lovey and all that kind of stuff. Ah, very, very humbling to take investment advice from a friend or on your own. Put it in the stock market, whether it be a free app like Robinhood or whether it be free like TD Ameritrade. Whatever. It's very humbling to see, whoa, I just lost some money. I'm the guy who bought the volatility index where the markets were tanking. I'm the guy who bought... 
Like, last trade in? <laughs> oh, no, that's bad. So the good news today, or the bad news, I don't know. Coronavirus is spreading in the United States. Second New York case confirmed. I would imagine we're going to be calling this a pandemic. I'm not a doctor. I don't pretend to be a doctor. Ooh, it's Super Tuesday. I wonder if, and there's now it was very real conversations about having March Madness without people in the auditoriums or the arenas. There's real talk about delaying the Olympics. There's real talk about the Premier Soccer League playing to empty stadiums. I got some concert tickets later this year that I think it's fair to say, I'm going to put off on buying the plane tickets. I was supposed to see my mother this summer, and I'm like, I bet I can get them for free. Or I bet I can get them for real cheap. I have to fly to Washington, D.C. Uh, first legs to Wuhan, second legs to D.C., but it's free. Oh, boy. No, thank you. So last night, I get up uh, right around bedtime, about 8 p.m. for me. I know you're saying, ooh, fun. I was tired. These kind of days on Wall Street take a lot out of it. Yesterday, we had a massive day. But the G7 got together, and they robbled. Robble, robble, robble. Robble, robble, robble. That's their way of communicating with each other. And they said, we're on top of this, but we'll use policy tools, but no specific actions at this point in time. Massive failure. So this morning, the Fed cuts rates by half a percentage point. After last week saying, we're not going to cut rates because... We don't know how bad this is going to get. The Poop Creek flag just went up with Jerome Powell. In my opinion, I think the government probably knows a little bit more than we do. I think the media does a great job of sensationalizing. I work in the media, and I know we sensationalize as much as we can. The city of Pittsburgh once tried to do a newscast at 11 o'clock at night without any negative news. And in the first week, a plane crashed in Pittsburgh and, like, luggage was strewn all over a neighborhood. Heads were in trees. Arms were dangling. Like, it was horrific. So what did the newscast do? How do you cover that without being negative? Do you say free luggage for those who get down to the crash site on time? No. You got to cover it. How do you not sensationalize it? Brutally tough. So stocks are surging today. Whatever happened yesterday is almost off the table. I don't think that's totally fair. But it's along the right right vein that I'm trying to get along. Stock market was doing okay yesterday. It made a monster move in the final hour. I've never seen anything like this in my life. We were up 5.1%. Okay, I have seen it in my life, but I forgot about it. It was way back in 2009. And because the markets were much smaller numbers, you know, when it dows at 20,000, 20,000 to 21,000 is 5% move. But when you're at 23,000, what is it? Another 1,400 points instead of 1,000 points? It's getting real out there. Visa, Microchip, and Corvo all lowered their earnings guidance. Hyatt withdrew its 2020 outlook altogether. So now essentially... You have pilots who are flying, investors who are flying, and they can't see a thing. If companies are lowering their guidance, the visibility is really bad out there. There's four things that move a stock. The stock market, if it's going up or down, that stock can move up or down. The sector, let's say technology is the sexy one. If that sector is moving up or down, that, that 
tech stock can move up or down. Then you get kind of like really specific, like the semiconductors. Maybe the semiconductors are doing better than the software. The software is doing better than the hardware. Third thing that can move a stock up or down is the company and what they have to say about their future and what they have to say about earnings and what they have to say about their product. And the last thing, and this is where it gets really difficult on Wall Street, is the visibility. What's next year going to look like? Are we at a 2% GDP, a 3% GDP, a 4% GDP? And you kind of build cases in there. Now, you could probably build one more case. It's like a worst-case scenario. As the virus spreads, we're going to see more companies follow in Hyatt's footsteps. They don't want to get into a legal nightmare of saying, we're going to grow at 3% and grow at negative 3%. Forecasts are going to become murkier because they can. Until you start seeing some acquisitions, I don't think we're out of it. V-shaped recoveries... They make me just as nervous as down markets. I think the earnings risk is real, meaning reduced valuations after the sell-off can't be taken at face value. It's not just a discount. It wasn't just a dip. With that said, markets are roaring. The Federal Reserve, the Calvary has arrived. They've cut interest rates 50 basis points. Cheap money doesn't give you the cure to, to a, a brutal cold. It would be nice if Jerome Powell had that up his sleeve. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. China's box office is down nearly $2 billion as movie theater chains remain closed amid coronavirus concerns. You can see how it starts to add up, no? I don't care about Prince Harry and Meghan. I have to parse them in the news and find things for you that make some sense. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, there's a lot going on. And... We're seeing some very fast reactions. I think that's very, very important to throw out there as the start of this conversation. Is, did you sell before the big plunge? Did you buy? Are you thinking it's over? Is this now a green light to invest? I don't know. I think the one thing I could comfortably tell you is that media has no clue how out of control this can get or no clue how quickly it could wrap up. I can tell you that Warren Buffett bought more Delta stock. Delta, Delta, Delta. Warren Buffett scooped up Delta stock last week as the shares tumbled while the market tilted into correction territory. He's considered the greatest investor of all time, in my opinion. He wasn't a right place at the right time. He just kept buying companies that looked cheap to him on a cash flow basis. He was in love with cash flow. I'm oversimplifying it, but um, for him to be buying Delta when others are, are worried, I'm not saying that's appropriate for you. But I'd rather you take investment ideas from someone like a Warren Buffett than, say, someone like your buddy at, at work. Hmm. Interesting. Taking a look at the markets. We have been open now for a while. 
And initially, last night, the markets looked at what was happening with the G7 and said, no, no, you guys aren't taking this seriously. And down came the stock market futures. And then this morning, the Fed says, we're going to cut interest rates by 50 points amid the coronavirus concerns. And boom, up goes the stock market. And it's literally, well, now it's interesting, 15 minutes after the Fed announced an emergency 50 basis point rate cut, the market started coming down again. Was there another headline about someone dying? I don't know. But we are in the age of computers and market intelligence and artificial intelligence and trying to blend those two things together. And when you get an algorithm going and it sees one thing that it likes and it sees it a second time and a third time and a fourth time in computer speed, you can move up or down very fast. UBS is out there cutting the price target on Nike due to the coronavirus. This is fascinating. On one hand, you could say the coronavirus, I could see why people wouldn't want to go to the gym. You're gross, you're sweaty. Like the steam room where you're sweating out your, your diseases or your, your poisons or your liquors or whatever you do in a steam room. I don't go to a lot of steam rooms. Something that's floating around the air, like that doesn't sound good to me. I know, but the steam's hot, it should kill it, right? So you can start thinking like what's going to work and what's not going to work if we get a quarantine or if we get a shutdown of an area. Seattle's, uh, the, King County is getting hit hard with infections. Now, again, I'm still seeing a lot of the people that are dying are like two people in a nursing home. And instantly I want to go funny, sarcastic, mean, whatever it is, and go, well, maybe in California, you know, people who've owned their houses too long, this is a way to kind of like thin the, the, but you can't go there. There's nothing funny about it at this point because it's, it's, there's too many questions. Will more people die from maybe a law? Will more people die from lack of vitamin C in their diet? Will more people die from smoking? Will more people die from car crashes? Should we not get on roads this year? It's great questions. UBS cut its price target on Nike to 123 from 136. Now, last time I looked, this was like a $90 stock. So that's not exactly like taking it to the woodshed and saying, I hate you. I don't like you. It's a $94 stock right now. Oh, big day yesterday. That's right. Um, So Nike, obviously, oh boy. You know, the NBA does really well in China. And I I don't know if this is the right term or wrong term, but greater Asia. Um, And the NBA sells a lot of Nike shoes. So a lot of kids grow up wanting to be basketball players. They're wearing Nikes and Nike Jordans have an investment draw towards them. But Nike is kind of, they got a big negative impact because China buys a lot of their shoes. But China also makes a lot of their shoes. Very similar to Apple. So when you start applying, and one analyst is applying a 37 times PE to 2021 earnings per share estimates. And because of that, he sees his price target going from 136 to 123. I think a 37 times P.E. on future earnings is very, very high. I own Nike. 
I don't expect it to be a leader this year. Nike is a brand of China for China. Nike's business in Greater China grew 23% in the second quarter. So despite the disruption in the supply chain due to COVID-19 outbreak, one analyst is saying improvements in Nike's supply chain will help Nike weather the virus, citing supply chain experts. Okay. How much inventory was on hand? How much inventory did they burn through? A lot going on. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. So you're starting to see a little bit of linkage towards uh, more and more downgrades. Like CFP Chad Burton and myself do seminars. And we're supposed to have one in April. I'm like, I wonder if we should do one. Or is that insensitive? Because Facebook says we're not going to South by Southwest. You're seeing more companies in Europe say, just stay at home and work. Now, here's the problem, and this is where Fed Chairman Powell can't really save us. And I hope you'll appreciate this when I say this. I'm not worried about me staying at home and working because I've, I've kind of developed that skill set. If need be, I don't have to go out. I could do the radio show from my office. I could pre-record radio shows. I could do a lot of things. But who I'm worried about is like my board op who makes an hourly salary or the restaurant workers who are making hourly salaries. And you're going to see restaurants get hit. This is not, this is not, we're not at the point where we're saying this is receding. This is growing. And as that happens, they're starting to say summer vacations may be flat out canceled. I don't want to play into fear. But this is a tough one because unlike, it's just, it kind of has a, a, it feels like once we get in the clear, it's going to take about two to four weeks to feel like, hey, we're in the clear. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Best thing you can do right now is review your portfolio and wash your hands. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I think today and tomorrow, Tuesday and Wednesday of this incredible month of March... Um, are going to be big days for Wall Street. Historically speaking, maybe. I know you're saying you're putting a lot of weight on this. I am. I think, first and foremost, the Fed coming to the rescue, I think, sends a partially wrong message. The G7 not coming up with a directive sends what we know to be true, is that a lot of the problems in the world today need to be addressed by our politicians and not by just making money cheaper. Making money cheaper for certain helps speculation. For certain, it can lead to inflation. By making money cheaper, we've seen the stock market go up a crazy amount in the last 18 years. Essentially, since 9-11. Yes, there were some hiccups that was also caused by low interest rates. 2006-2008, the housing crisis, I think... Um, and I don't want to get too political here, but I think Congress should hold some of the blame for the housing crisis in 2006-2008. You had representatives say, you know, my constituents deserve a house just like your constituents deserve a house. And I don't know if that's my Midwest accent or if that's my Southern accent, but you need to make access to houses and loans easier. 
We need them for all communities. No communities are left behind. Everyone should own a house because houses always go up in value. 2006, 2008, if money wasn't so cheap, people wouldn't have got greedy and speculative. You know, when my mortgage payment is tied towards an 8% loan, um, I'm not going to go out and do crazy stuff. When it's tied towards a 3% and my cash flow is like $400 better a month, um, I might overextend. But cheap money doesn't solve all problems. It does inflate the stock market on some levels. I think corporations do a nice job of carrying their weight, too. But today and tomorrow are going to be, I'm not going to say pertinent, important. I'm not going to say hinged on. But the Fed just shot a pretty big gun. Bang! Out comes the bullet. 50 basis points is a big cut when you're near 1%. You don't have a lot of ammo left after that. You better hope those bullets hit. I don't think they could possibly do it. I don't think cheap monies are a problem right now. I think it's part of a good fix, but it's not comprehensive. Tomorrow is the second leg of what I think is going to be pretty important. And again, here's where I show my naivety. And it's obvious when I say this. I don't know how Super Tuesday plays out. And tomorrow may not, today may not be as much of a deciding factor as I feel it is. Like I said, I'm not very good at this. And that platform is changing on a daily basis with candidates dropping out and endorsing others. It looks like the Democratic Party, and again, this is where I get kind of stupid, kind of has it in for Bernie Sanders. Pete Buttigieg, I don't know what he was promised, but he quickly said, I'm out, and I'm supporting Biden. Klobuchar, same thing. I'm out, supporting Biden. Beta O'Rourke, who who he's been out for like a long while, he's out, and he's supporting Biden. So tomorrow, I don't know if, if Biden does better than expected. Does that mean we're more moderate and we'll work together in the fall if... It's a, you know, a Biden versus Trump or a Biden presidency or a Trump presidency. We kind of know what we get with Trump presidencies, right? We don't really know what we get with Sanders. I'm just trying to repeat a little bit of Wall Street right now. I'm not politicizing this. Uh, Today is a good day to get out and vote. You have that excuse going for you unless you're afraid of the person next to you. Remember, old people vote. (laughs) Old people are the ones who are getting sick with the coronavirus to a larger degree. I love the coronavirus because it's, it's insane. There's Every day there's like a website that pops up and says like African-Americans are immune to a coronavirus. And then there's like 10 news stories like that last story wasn't true. We get speculative. I know a money manager who, you know, he wants to practice something a little different than portfolios. Like now's the time for him to get on his high horse and preach. You see all sorts of stuff. But tomorrow's, or today's Super Tuesday. Tomorrow is Hangover Wednesday from Super Tuesday. This has been a very, very expensive campaign season so far. And it does not seem to be lighting up. So political ad spending hits record high as TV continues to dominate. Kind of interesting, right? Campaigning for the 2020 presidential election heads into the final months. And um, I think that's still going to be something. I 
I don't think coronavirus is a contained nuisance on the markets, and I don't think the political season is contained yet, and we have a clue of what's going to happen. Remember when Trump was elected, overnight, you saw markets just collapse in Asia, in Europe. And in the United States, we collapsed for about an hour, and then we roared back. Throwing that out there for you. Um, the total political ad spending is going to reach $6.89 billion. $6.89 billion. Four short years ago, it was $4.2 billion. So ad spending is going up incrementally stronger. And if you can find out a way of investing in that, you can see that uh, it's pretty strong. If you could invest in areas that are stronger than trends, those are your growth stocks. The coronavirus sell-off is an opportunity for Tesla investors. Now, I think I've heard everything, but let's see where this one goes. Joe Osha, he's been around a while as an analyst. He upgraded Tesla to the equivalent of buy from hold. He also took his price target to 1060. Just not that long ago, this stock was was playing around with 200, 300, 250, 350, 300. Boom, 900. Now, it's pulled back in the recent days. Fund managers and analysts have suggested prices such as 8,000 a share. I know you're saying, did you just say 8,000 a share? I did. If you look at the car market and see electric vehicles as the future, and you look at how many people have electric vehicles right now, you see a huge opportunity for Tesla. Can they pull it off? I don't know. Tesla's epic stock run, which has seen shares rise from the lows of about 200 to more than 900. Now one analyst is going up to over 1,000. And some people have speculated it could be worth a trillion and a half dollars, kind of similar to Apple. OSHA, the analyst, says that the virus sell-off provided investors with a good opportunity to enter the stock. Again, I started the show by saying Wall Street has this wonderful way of, of, of crap, flash crashing. And you almost feel like they're attacking any new investor in the last three months when it happens. Because <clears throat> it's painful when you buy a stock and then you're down 10% smack like that. Buy ratings on Tesla shares are rare these days. Only about 20% of analysts rate Tesla a buy because it's had such a big run. But also, people are trying to figure out, is it a car company or is it a tech company? I don't really see how this is a play on coronavirus. Because um, <clears throat> Tesla has manufacturing and Tesla's Chinese business could be affected. The big milestone for investors and analysts will be the launch of the company's Model Y crossover. It's a crossover-sized sports utility vehicle. Deliveries are expected in the first half of 2020. So for a company that doesn't make a lot of money, that has a super high valuation, first half of 2020 is going to be interesting. Yeah, so I don't really see the... <clears throat> angle on the coronavirus being good for Tesla, other than 
it went from $900 a share down to $700 a share. And this guy thinks it's worth 1000 60 a share. He's not saying anything like, oh, people are going to be sleeping in their Teslas. Oh, Tesla has an air filter that is so good that like, you can treat patients in it. No, it's just like saying it sold off that it gave you an opportunity. Oh, my, oh, my. So the Fed came to the rescue this morning, and I want to keep updating this as it's happening. Because if we see weakness, it's going to tell you money doesn't have faith that cheap money is going to solve the problems. Again, my opinion is that a 50 or 8 basis point cut is nice in times of a pandemic. Um, Especially coming out of it after bodies have been buried. Then and only then are you saying, ooh, cheap money. And again, I don't even know if this is, I don't even know if I'm right with this. Crude oil prices and the 10-year treasury finally started to show some stabilization. Crude up yesterday, crude up today. $48 a barrel, not that bad. But the 10-year treasury yesterday dipped to shockingly low numbers. Keep in mind, I, I don't like the 10-year treasury under 1615. It's at 1-1. And again, there's a flight to safety that goes on. And the United States government always pays their debt. So yesterday we hit 1.062. I don't, I don't think we got 1.062. I think that's as low as we got. <clears throat> With that said, no, we got to 105.9. It's improving, which is nice, but I don't think we're completely out of the woods. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Come in, Rob Black. And your money, I'm Rob Black. Online brokerage platform Robinhood said it's back up and running after outage prevented customers yesterday from assessing their accounts. Not assessing, accessing their accounts. That's the kind of word that threw me in elementary school. The word assess versus access. And to this day, I'm still taunted and also the word because, 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 because. For some reason, I couldn't spell it. So Robinhood, the platform, the app, is still having issues. I haven't used Robinhood. I know all about it. I followed the company from basically its startup days where it was starting to win awards, contests, like this is the sexiest startup out there. But again, it goes to show you some of the reasons. When people ask me, what brokerage firm do you like to use? I go, well, I like TD Ameritrade. I like Fidelity. I like Vanguard. I like their paperwork. As a 20-year-old man, I would have said, I want to use the cheapest one possible. E-Trade, maybe? Or some sort of Scott trade discount? Like, I want it cheap. I want it bird sanctuary. Cheap, 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 cheap. But when you're 20, you're, you're focused like that. You're not thinking good paperwork. As you get older, you're like, I just want good paperwork so I can give it to my accountant and be done with it. I want to know that my trades were executed, and I want to know that you're sending me out something so the IRS doesn't come knock, knock, knocking on my door. Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Guns N' Roses touring again. Who knew? I'm not a big Guns N' Roses kind of concert-going guy. So I'm going to pass just to show you like how my head works. I'm like, can I say something about Guns N' Roses concerts? Like, 
can I throw in COVID with it? Like, I don't want to go to a concert in the first place with Guns N' Roses. Too many people, too much sweat, not enough deodorant. And then I'm like, can I throw in the COVID? They put a little COVID in the, in the sweaty department. And it's like, this is a crazy time to talk on in media. Because you don't know how sensitive people are going to be. And you also don't want to be so boring. Like, when it comes to your money, issues like concerts are not funny. So Robin Hood's out there apologizing. And I would say that's a strike against the company. Would I use them? I still probably would. Not being able to trade for one day of the year shows that I was vulnerable, not them. If I have to trade on a day, that tells me I'm, I'm the sicko. I'm buying stuff that I don't feel necessarily comfortable with. But they wanted to buy yesterday because the markets were up 200. Then they're up 300. Then they're up 400. Then they're up 500, 600, 700, 800. And like suddenly at some point in time, we're up 1,500 points. And people from the Robinhood app who use it are like, we're going to sue you. <laughs> wait, wait. You signed something that said you were not going to sue them, first and foremost. It may have been a digital signature that you didn't read, but good luck for that. But also, you, you kind of signed up for it. You, know, you, you kind of knew that they were a startup. A failure for Robinhood is a setback that are trying to lure young tech-savvy investors who want to trade entirely online and for free. So Robinhood has a market cap app of about $7.6 billion. I predict if they do go uh, public, I think they get acquired very fast. So I think... Uh, an old stodgy bank like a Morgan Stanley, a Goldman Sachs, a Bank of America would say this is clicking with younger people and we want a lifelong relationship. So turning the page of the elections and the campaigns, ad spending is kind of loco in the cocoa. Total political ad spending is going to hit $6.89 billion. Doesn't that seem like a lot of money for stuff like I don't know if this is going to happen or not, but don't you kind of feel bad a little bit for a billionaire who spends, let's say, a billion of his own dollars trying to win the presidency? I know you're saying, I don't feel bad for him. He's a loser. He he gets what he deserves. But if you don't even, like, there's not a lot to gain after doing a commercial that doesn't work. That money could have been better spent on homeless shelters. But, again, I'm not going to get into that. But there is an emptiness to the spending. So... TV ad spending four point five five billion. You cannot. When I watch the evening news, every ad is like political spending. I don't even think Coca Cola is advertising anymore. When I watch ESPN, every ad is political spending. And those are the only two things I watch. Can't watch sports because our teams in the Bay Area stink this year. TV share of political advertising is up a bit from the prior election year, as it takes from radio and print. But again, we bring this up in large part because of Facebook, right? And uh, we kind of know what we're dealing with. I don't want to make too much of this. Trump demands more from the Federal Reserve. More easing and cutting after the Fed slashes rates, 50 basis points. It does kind of throw in something along the lines of, he did ask the Fed to do this a week ago. So it makes the Fed lose a little bit of credibility in the eyes of foreign institutions. President Donald Trump demands today that the Federal Reserve cut rates even more. 
slashing interest rates by a half percentage point in response to slower economic activity growth. Interesting. The problem with that is, is we saw a nice reaction cutting 50 basis points today. After that, if the news continues to get worse, we don't have anything else we can throw at it. The Dow is up just 25 points now. It has been a crazy day on the Dow. The G7 failed to show any sort of policy initiative with their finance ministers and economic chiefs. That was yesterday. So the markets, they rallied and the G7 did nothing. So I saw like the futures drop on that news. And then it looked like we're going to have a tough morning, maybe a little bit of a skosh of a rebound. And the Fed cuts interest rates and boom, up we go. But not so much right now. So we're losing the momentum of that 50 basis point cut. At one point in time, the Dow was at 27.047. Now it's down 400 points from that high. Still up eight points for the day. But eight points hardly feels like a move after a 50 basis point cut. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com.